Got something on your mind? We do too. So wherever you are, whether you're walking your dog, on the train, or just sitting at home, let's have a conversation. In this episode, we talk to Kiara Gibbs. Kiara is a first-year PhD student in neural interfacing at Imperial College London and and graduated at the top of her class in biomedical engineering, also at Imperial, in 2022. We had the opportunity to discuss her reasons for getting into STEM, what it means to be relentlessly curious and unsatisfied, and dealing with comparison, failure, and discouragement. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a special edition of the What's On Your Mind podcast, and we have the lovely Kiara Gibbs with us today. Can you hear me clapping on the virtual? The virtual audience is clapping. Yeah, the virtual audience is clapping. Um, but yeah, this is um, this is the first guest episode that we have. And firstly, just thank you so much for coming. Um, no, it's it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, pleasure is all ours. Disclaimer, before recording this episode right now, it's, well, 30 minutes ahead of schedule because me and Rahil, well, since Kiara is our first guest, we like tried to set up this episode yes. and we um, just could not set up this episode for the life of us. I downloaded like a new uh, like software which takes three microphones and tries to like get them into an output. Didn't work. Um, we're making do. We're making do. We're making do. So me and Rafael are actually sharing a microphone right now. Yes. It has to be done sometimes. has to be done sometimes. But hey, you know what? Less than that, we're here. We're going to have a lovely episode. And Kiara, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, I think like... So, even if you've never been on our podcast before, I think the most important thing that we try to get out of what's on your mind is, well, what, what, what's on your mind? Wow. Yeah, right? Uh, just what goes through Kiara Gibbs's head on a daily basis, but also like what, you know, what, what really intrigued me about you and why I wanted to reach out to you to get on the podcast. And, you know, I'm actually super, I've been so excited for this day, really, is because, you know, that you're just such an interesting person. I want to know if I, how you how you got to the place you were today um and i guess also who you are so who are you (laughs) who is kiara that's a big question it's a big question okay i guess (laughs) 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 but um okay i guess i could just start with my background yeah a little bit of that a starting point so like i'm from london um so from growing up in London my whole life and obviously I'm still in London. High five. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um I have one sister and yeah. I'm deaf. Um with my parents and I've been with my parents like up to this year, so this is yeah. the first time I moved out. But yeah. So like I'm pretty close to my family and um they've been super supportive like throughout anything I wanted to do. Um like my parents I would say like I'm from like a working class background. Yeah. So my mom's like a teacher, my dad yeah. works in construction. So yeah, like although they're like super supportive, they don't really know much about STEM. There's no one like in my family who knows much about STEM. So yeah. like getting into STEM was a bit overwhelming for yeah. me. Like I didn't really know what to do. And obviously like if you come from like a lower socioeconomic background, yeah. you go for like state education. Yeah. There isn't really a support system for people who want to pursue things that are kind of away from the the norm from someone from that background so yeah I think it was a bit tough for me trying to get into STEM and I remember telling like a teacher 
I want to do biomedical engineering. And they were like, but what did you just say? Like, yeah. we need to help. <laughs> like, no was that like in your last like year of school when you're yeah, kind of like yeah. looking at what you want to do? Exactly. Yeah, that's... yeah. So I think what, what, one question that comes like sort of in my mind right then is, you know, if you didn't really have the people around you that were going into STEM, sort of, because when I look at like my life, I familiarity with other people that have gone the same path that I've gone through is has been really helpful for, for me in understanding yeah. okay maybe I should do this not this yeah. so given that you know not many people in your family like were into STEM did much STEM yeah. and you you sort of were walking in with like little knowledge why why STEM like was there a series of events or you know something that happened that made you want to pursue STEM yeah can I can I disclaim the viewers? You know, I didn't know what STEM was until like I started doing STEM. Wait, yeah. So. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, Rahel and Kiara. It's science, technology, engineering, and medicine. Math. Maths. Maths. <laughs> See, I got it wrong. I knew it. I thought it was medicine. Oh well, yeah, they're, they're they're changing it to STEM with two M's for that same reason. For that same. So it's now STEM. STEM. Cool. <laughs> but no. Anyway. Like tangent there, but yes. yeah. What what kind of got you there? I yeah. think just trusting like your interests. Like you don't have much else in life to guide you than interest. Did you did you always want to do biomedical engineering? No, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, I knew I was just interested in helping people. I didn't yeah. know how I would do that. Yeah. Um, I guess it's kind of the same thing. If someone asked you why would you do biomedical engineering, it's like you have an interest in like the maths. We also have this interest in helping people. That's, that's quite accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just think it was like, yeah. my I knew exactly what I liked. I knew I liked maths. I knew I liked biology. I knew I liked physics. Didn't like chemistry. And I was like, okay, how do I combine these in like optimal way possible? And even like in my PhD now, like yeah. I look back at my like high school experience. I'm like, wow, I've still like maintained such yeah. a nice balance between all these subjects. Yeah. And just, yeah, I think it's just trusting your instinct and what you really like. So you graduated to uni last year and you just started a PhD. Congratulations. <laughs> that's, that's, that's huge stuff. Um, I hate chemistry as well, just to let you know. Oh, yeah. I have a D in GCSE chemistry. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I wish I was joking. I'm so, so weird though. <laughs> somehow yeah. it's my biggest achievement. Yeah. I, I know, you know, I get that question sometimes. What's your biggest achievement? It's a bit of a laugh. I say it's my D in GCSE okay. chemistry. Um, but yeah, people don't know sometimes how much you have to put into something, even yeah. though it might not like it's yeah. like type of people. But <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. Um, but no, I think like that desire to help people is yeah, that desire to help people is like it's important. Um, but I also, if if you don't mind me cutting in before you continue, yeah. I think one thing that's interesting about that is sort of understanding that desire to help people from like such a young age and sort of saying okay how can i combine my interests with this sort of desire because i can say now that exact same thing i, I want to help people and i want to not necessarily be in a job but be in an environment where i can do that but sort of i don't think i would have understood that in high school uh, or secondary school or whatever you want to call it back home so um i mean there's no question with that it was just a, it's very interesting sort of the thought process of that is a desire which you are very aware of and i think that you know, implicitly or explicitly show some sort of self-awareness, I think. Yeah. But no, because it's your point. Does that still like push you today, would you say? Um, yeah, I think it's like the main driver for me. Like, I don't, if I didn't have like a passion for what I, I do, Absolutely. I wouldn't 
be driven to do it in the first place. I mean, obviously everyone has different drivers, but for me, it's just like, I like to look at knowledge and like seek knowledge. And that's like, yeah. what makes not only like me happy in the sense of like my work, but just in my life as well. Like, I feel like it's a sense of fulfillment. I don't know, it sound a bit weird to people because obviously yeah. like your work should be your life and it isn't for me, but it's like, it still means a lot to me. Yeah. And like, because of that, I think that's why like I can push myself far in like what I do. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned, you mentioned sort of what I'm understanding at least is, you know, whenever you've pursued sort of something academically, but also in life in general, it's been really taken from a sense of curiosity of, you know, I want to sort of figure out what's behind this and sort of seek knowledge as you put it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's quite a, a natural way of thinking about academics and something I wanted to like touch on a little bit more. I speak about academics as an example, but as you mentioned, this extends to more things than, than just that. But yeah. I think at a place like Imperial or university in general, mm. I think a lot of people can fall into the trap where that whether, whether they know it or not, they're striving for the exact good exam result or their, the job, or they have that end goal in mind. Yeah. And that's their primary motivation and focus behind sort of the revision they do, the work they do, the coursework they do, et cetera. Yeah. Focusing on the academics slightly, like it sounds sort of like the deeper, the deeper motivation for you. It may be, it may be those things as well, but it's also this additional thing of just wanting to be curious and wanting to find out more. Yeah. Uh, so your thoughts on that no I agree like when I think once I'd finished my A-levels like and I did you know I did well and I look back at the time and I'm like quite sad by it if that makes sense why would you say sad just because I'm like the way my school went about A-levels was just like grades like you just need to remember stuff you don't that's need to it learn. that's you don't it understand yes yeah. need, need to perform exactly like you need to remember the mark scheme and stuff and for me, that was just sad. It's like two years of your life, like you dedicate towards getting these grades and like choosing your next path. And it's just like, you didn't really have much control over what you learned and things like that. So for me personally, I made like a commitment to myself when I started Imperial, because you know, there's, there's one aspect, like you say, in terms of like aiming for a grade, there's also the aspect of like aiming to be better than X person X, you know, like comparing yourself to other people. And like, I had a tendency to do that when I was younger as well. Like he'd look at someone and be like, oh, they've got like X percent more than me in this. Oh, that was bad. But for me, it was just like, I don't want to go about that route anymore because it didn't make me happy when I was doing my A-levels. So I came into Imperial and I was just like, there are going to be some incredible people at Imperial. Let's be honest, everyone here is amazing. Like they will have, you know, unique skill sets. And I still look at people and think, damn, like, wow, I can't believe some people even do this stuff and manage to do it whilst juggling degrees, etc." But for me, it was just, I'm just going to try my best and seek out what I like in this degree, focus on what I want to get from it. You know, the, what grade comes from it comes from it. But, you know, for instance, if you think about like the Dean's List, actually, yeah. I didn't even know what it was until I found out that it was on it. Like, you know, it's, for me, it was like, I, I don't look for the highest mark the dean's list is like if you're top 10 percent yeah right yes and was there how did you kind of like i mean what, what you're saying firstly i just it's it's refreshing and it's yeah. i would say that's just such a good thing to be able to do that before coming into university because i was yeah. struck by it i was like yeah oh my god like i was the best in my school mm -hmm. now i come here and everyone is 
the best in their school. The best in their school. And it's like, well, Bishu, you're not the best anymore. Yeah. But then it took a while to kind of like come to terms with that in a healthy and have a healthy relationship with it, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think also defining yourself in the frame of like being the best at university yeah. just doesn't work. Like it doesn't fit anymore because yeah. like when you're at A levels, you're all doing very similar things. But when you're at university, people have different interests, they're yeah. pursuing like side projects and stuff. So, you know, even though I, you know, I did well when I graduated, I don't perceive myself as being the best in the year. Like I look at other people and I'm were. like, I, by a grade, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but like, as in, I know people who have like been working on startups and got a lower grade than me, but they did the best in what they were most interested in. And to me, that's the best, if you, if you know what I mean. So I just think um, the best is how you define it. And because of that, you shouldn't define it relative to someone else. I want, I want to sort of, not necessarily played that devil's advocate, but sort of challenge that a little bit more. Yeah. And before I do that, I want to sort of explain why I want to do that. So, sure. <laughs> so I completely agree in the sense that, like, you know, from what I from what I'm understanding is, you know, focusing on you and your interests and doing the best that you can with the motivation that you have, mm-hmm. um, and then you sort of took a step of using like being used to compare comparing yourself to other people to then sort of doing what's right and what's best for you and recently i've been really playing and thinking about this idea of understanding something is right versus truly internalizing something Mm -hmm. and i can very easily sit here and say you know it's not i want to just do the best by me i want to sort of you know not compare myself to other people because everyone is different and i want to focus on what i'm good at etc yeah but there are occasions or there are days and I definitely still struggle with this idea of, you know, whether it's imposter syndrome, whether it's comparing myself to other people, I still feel that um, maybe less so than other years, but yeah. um, I definitely still feel that. So I guess what I want to ask is sort of that transition that you made. Did you notice that shift between something that you just knew was probably the right thing to do versus letting that truly be part of who you are and how you act and how you behave on a day-to-day, if that hopefully makes sense. It does, yeah. And like, just on the point of a transition, I don't think I've fully transitioned. Like for me, uh, yeah, let's take yesterday. Yesterday I cried like over my finishing <laughs> because I thought I am such an idiot, like compared to other people by that, you know? So like, there's still times where you're gonna inherently compare yourself to other people yeah. and, you know, I don't think it's it's impossible to just isolate yourself when like the whole way the world works is ranking you against someone else. You know, it's sad, but it's just, it is the way the world works. So you can't escape it, but it's just like trying to minimize this impact on like how you feel about yourself, how you perceive yourself. Um, so I think, yeah, you know, in the time like yesterday when I was like really upset about this, it's just like, well, you know what? There are people who are really talented I have like great assets as well. Like you just have to think about everyone is different and as much as that sounds cliche, like people have had different journeys to where they are now. And I just think, how can I say this? What I'm trying to say, I just think your gut instinct is almost like you're, you know, that deep down, like you are trying your best. You're really working hard towards what you want and your own goals. And like no one's working on that with you. So only you know how hard it is to get to where you are today, you know. 
other people don't know what you've been through we have a very different journeys like I don't want to compare my journey I come from a very different background from a state school background other people have had privileges I have privileges compared to other people but yeah your story is very unique and you just have to think you're making the best of what you can out of everything that has got you to this point so um yeah I think that's it just constantly like framing but it's like a constant internal battle of yourself of course it's it's not it's not like you know what one day i went yes i woke up and thought i'm like the (laughs) yeah no um i i love that you said that because i think a lot of people when you know it is an up and down journey where there'll be moments where you feel down that like you you feel you can't do it you feel demotivated whatever and it's not always a case of that you're you know you you have this good mindset all the time there will be moments where it's not like that yeah um and it's an internal battle as i think you guys will correctly mention but you know something which i'm hearing from other people recently is you know those moments when you're down mm-hmm. instead of sort of taking that in a bad way let's take stress for example instead of taking that in a bad way instead trying to perceive that as evidence that you care about this thing that you're stressing about yeah, as opposed 100%. to letting it like debilitate you it yeah. can be something that actually enables you yeah um and it's just about sorry, having that mindfulness in that moment to be like it's okay that i'm feeling this right now and we've we've spoken us to a, a lot about that yeah and it's it's just it's so it's kind of like a relief you know when you say that <laughs> because you know even that 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 comparative factor or that kind of factor that i'm always not doing enough that's something i struggle with i could yeah I mean, I, I say this a lot. You could give me a trophy, whatever this trophy is, yeah. that literally says, Bisha, you are the king of the world. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, and I will never truly be like, you know what, like, I'm the king of the world. I should still be doing something else. I should, but, I should still be doing something more. Yeah, like, I think something's wrong if someone gave you a trophy and you were like, you know, I am king of the world. Like, yeah. <laughs> that means that you, you, you've reached a point where you are, like, satisfied with where you're at. But she should never be, you know. <laughs> It'd never be satisfied. <laughs> yeah. I, oh my God, that's just, I don't, like, guys, I'm, I'm like, I'm like smiling really hard right now because how, how, how do you balance that? Because I think, I, I, I think I follow, I have like a similar mentality of, you know, I'm never truly satisfied with, you know, the things I have, the things I've done, yeah. et cetera. Um, and there will, there will be moments where that sort of is that sort of mindset isn't serving me yeah, and like, um, instead is more of like a negative voice as opposed to a positive yeah. voice um and it's it's not sort of as simple as just putting it into like you know a three-line answer yeah um so when you talk about not being satisfied how how do you think over the, the long term you balance that so that is something which serves you as opposed to something that doesn't yeah, yeah. to to kind of extend that i also think because are there moments where you look back at your life and think, hey, you know what? I've done that. I've done this. I've done this. I'm proud of myself. Like, I've really done that. Yeah. And maybe feel less satisfaction there. Yeah, I think you have to look back and feel proud of yourself. You'd have to. No, that's, that's like, yeah. 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 I mean, if I think about myself before I came to Imperial and what I've achieved since then, you know, I'm like, I'm happy with that. Like, yeah. I've worked hard. I deserve to take a moment and be like, you know what? congrats to you i mean you should have the chance to say that because it's like your own self-encouragement to keep going but um yeah i get the point of what you're saying it's like it's a very delicate thing 
like it's fragile as in having this mindset that you're never satisfied because it also falls into like crippling perfectionism if you're just like i'm never satisfied with anything i do yeah, crippling perfection <laughs> yeah no it, yeah that's what i mean a, a familiar thing a familiar thing <laughs> crippling it just doesn't doesn't serve you i i remember listening to a podcast uh with a guy called aubrey marcus mm-hmm. and um i remember he said this line which is it's okay to not be satisfied but also let's no that that's like not quoting him right but he says something along the lines of like you know you did your best yeah but you could have done more but no that's exactly that's exactly it like even just the, it's okay to be not satisfied that's like exactly what i'm trying to say like yeah. Yeah. it's like knowing that there's always more to find out yeah but that at that point in time it's okay and you've done like what you needed to do or done you know even not if it's not even what you needed to do as much as you can do yeah so yeah but again it's hard you know you, you, it's yeah. it's such a hard thing to strike between thinking oh i've really done enough for this you know i could have done xyz to make this better or something but you have to but kind of the, the, the half of the glass sort of thing yeah and, exactly you know. yeah it's like a reframing of it yeah, yeah. for sure yeah. how so do you think this because this mindset is i mean i'm like really admiring this mindset it's <laughs> no genuinely it's because it's it's easier said than done and i like that even saying like it's sometimes just easier said than done sometimes it's gonna come back you yeah practicing this thing every day yeah but rather than like trying to fight like you you are always fighting it but rather than just trying to make make it a constant yeah kind of acknowledge that it's I'm not gonna say sinusoid or I'm gonna I'm gonna say <laughs> it's a it's a fluctuation. You know that it's an up and down. Yeah. And it's a fight. You don't force it basically. You don't force it. Like, you you let it be. You yeah. Know? You know, if you do need to like cry about it or whatever, like cry. Like you need to just let it out. Yeah. You know. You know, I haven't cried in five years, Kiara. And it's due right no, now. <laughs> no, should, no, should I be on it? Like, yeah, I mean just I'm like the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, I think sometimes just feeling those things, like even those moments of stress punch something get a bit annoyed get yeah. a bit upset if you're stressed and you're like think everything's gonna well go to shit yeah which it's some sometimes you know feels that way it feels that way and yeah. then it's you know, i think kind of having that like self-belief in who you are and understanding that it's going to be okay at the end yeah um, do you think this these kind of mindsets are attributes which helped you to get to where you are today um i think probably to some extent because what do you think you've done? So let's say like, let's say like what you've done compared to, well, let's just say I'm in your class. Okay. Me and you, we're, we're together. <laughs> what, what do you think that you've done that's different to everyone else? Because you are, we are all different. And I love that you said that, yeah. but I think like, you know, you're, you're a special case in an amazing way. What do you think, what do you, what would you say like are the personal attributes of yours that kind of, you know, helped you? you kind of just push the boundary time and time again yeah i think one is like complete honesty with yourself yeah so you know I love that. if you if you don't understand something and you're like praying so hard to convince yourself that you understand like 50 percent of it or something and oh, i could just get by with this yeah you know i for me like if let's just take even just the example but like i'm not sure at university if I feel like I've gone through the term and I've, well, I've kind of got this. I've understood this somewhat. Yeah. You know, it's a bit, it's a bit shady, but yeah. I could probably patch it together yeah. if I needed to. To me, it's just like, no, to me, this is 0% understanding. Yeah. And like yeah. my strategy, like if I take 
trying to learn something is like, if I don't understand it, I go back to the very basics. So let's take mechanics for instance. Like a true scientist. Yeah, yeah. Very like seriously. Yeah. I don't understand. Um, okay, let's just say I don't understand the motion of like non-rigid bodies for angular acceleration or some ridiculous thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I don't understand, I'll start myself at Newton's second law, which yeah. sounds stupid because we did it at UCC. But for me, it's just like I'm rather start from zero and be like completely honest with myself and be like i don't actually yeah. know what i don't understand yeah. what i know is that i don't understand but i don't know what so then i go from zero and just like where are the holes in my knowledge like yeah. if you have like a road for you to get from a to b yeah like a is like your yeah. starting point b is like the exam or something yeah you've got these potholes you, yeah. you're driving a car over it you don't yeah. actually know where the potholes are because yeah. you can't see because you're <laughs> you've exactly. driving things yeah. in the way great analogy yeah, yeah like I'm trying to cover those potholes before I get through. So like, I I feel like I'm very meticulous in the way I go about stuff. And that comes into like being honest with yourself. Like there's nothing wrong with saying you don't understand. And you know, at the moment, like for instance, yesterday I was having a conversation with someone in the lab. I just said, you know what? I don't understand anything about this. Like yeah. I've never touched this before. Like, can you just explain it from the very beginning? Yeah. Like, I don't care if you think I'm an idiot to be honest. Yeah. I literally don't yeah. care less. I don't because know. in the long term, like you're gonna meet many people in your life. Yeah. Some will think you're not so smart, some will think you're smart. Like Yeah. Yeah. And it averages out. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I really I really do like that. And I and I've seen this amongst, you know, um people that I interact with, like academics or university or outside of that as well, where, you know, I may think someone's really smart, but it will surprise me when they may come up to me or someone else saying, hey, did you do this question? Because yeah. like he gave the answer, but I don't really understand it. Yeah. And we'll talk about it. And it's just that constant questioning of like, oh yeah, but why? Yeah. Why this? Why that? But because surely you could do this instead. Yeah. Or like surely this means that that doesn't work. Mm. And it was just that constant asking, asking, asking. And yeah. it comes back to the curiosity point that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and... Like, you know, I, I think a lot about when it boils down to who I truly am, which was, you know, the first question we asked, mm -hmm. I try to think about the core sort of beliefs, which sort of govern everything that I do, everything that, I, how I act, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and curiosity is something which has come up for you quite, quite, quite a lot in this episode, um, where it's just, you know, just starting from the beginning and just mm -hmm. asking why and just not taking anything for granted. Cause I do think a lot of people do that sometimes. Like, yeah, yeah I kind of understand that. I need to do all, this, all these other things. I so think it makes people fine. comfortable, I guess. Like I think, do you know, I agree and I'm putting my hands up. <laughs> I've done it and yeah. I still sometimes do it. Yeah. I actually do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I've just not almost like trained myself to just not do that. Like <laughs> yeah. to try and have the mindset where I'm just like, I, I can't consider like someone judging me for not understanding something because what kind of person should have like misjudge you for? Not understand. Asking the questions. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. that's like a terrible thing. Yeah. <laughs> where do you think that's come from? Like this curiosity, like, you know, trying to help a lot. Yeah. Where, where, where can it be? No, it's something that I don't think Jenny It's like, you know, um, where where could that like possibly come from? Sir, that's a very deep question. Yeah, the answer, I don't know. I, so I, so I don't know, I guess. Just the gradual thing over time. Yeah. So. You said that was like your first thing. So being like absolute honesty with yourself. Yes. You can't even lie to yourself. I think that's impossible. Even if you tell yourself something, 
yeah. you still know the truth you feel this like guilt you almost. know it you it, always know it you, yeah I, you know I, I feel like even in the past before i tried to like do this and have complete honesty and you you look at something and you kind of close the textbook you're like yeah. okay i'll call it a day yeah like there's just this the thief feel like this discomfort yeah you know? it's like this lingering yeah sense i don't know like this almost sense of urgency to do something about it but you're like yeah. switching it off yeah um so yeah I don't like that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd rather take the other approach. And I think what you said can be actually, it could be extrapolated to pretty much everything. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you should never lie to yourself. I mean, I, I don't want to say like you should or you should not, yeah. but I mean, lying to yourself in general always has like more cost than benefit. Oh yeah, sure. Like in relationships and like the way you approach like, yeah. your work, like anytime, you know, if you're, if you have like a fitness regime, anything like that, like just everything you do about your life, I think yeah. just honesty, like should be a call yeah. to support in it. Yeah. Absolutely. What's the second thing? The second thing I would say is just like, it's somewhat related, but um, the way I think like you frame failure is important. I don't see failure as failure. And I think that's like an obvious thing. A lot of people will say this. Smiling really hard. <laughs> but as in for me, it's just like a necessary thing. Like it's just a, you know, it's like a bridge over the river. Um, I just see like it happens to everyone. It's just a necessary part of getting to somewhere. So yeah, sure, you'll be sad about it, but I think I don't see it as like an end point. I just see it as like part of the journey. So for me, I think it's helped, you know, in the sense, if I think about like some of the scholarships I had in my undergrad, yeah. like there are things that I've been rejected from more than once. Yeah. Like, and like, yeah. Um, and not just even in your like undergrad degree throughout life yeah yeah, yeah. there's there's like things i've applied I've, like applied for this program for like women leaders i've been rejected for it three times <laughs> i've applied every year <laughs> they're, they're making a mistake <laughs> but like as in you know it's just someone needs to get fired. i'm gonna apply for a fourth yeah. time because you know what like i like the program and yeah. to me it's just like every year i think it's almost like now a ritual looking at that application <laughs> to be like <laughs> 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 not discourage you I don't think so because I think there's an, like there's another opportunity down the road you know Love that. <laughs> yeah, I think like yeah. the way that I sort of well I the way I'm trying to see that as a similar thing is yeah. sometimes that's just like a necessary evil that would make the end result all the more yeah rewarding or is part of the process as you sort of mentioned that. yeah I think this also like goes back to what I was saying about being unhappy in my like A levels like going through like applications for university and like basically I went in with the mindset to every interview that I was not going to get in which is so ridiculous like you shouldn't go into something thinking why is that did you did you like was it a self-belief I think yeah mainly I did I wasn't prepared like my school doesn't know how to prepare people for those kind of things so yeah I had no idea what I was walking into like even when I had my interview for like Cambridge I, I genuinely just thought this is a nice day out like <laughs> <laughs> nice buildings like not coming back yeah. here that's great i mean yeah i didn't get in but it's just like i did never thought i would now like thinking for like four years on when i was applying phds like that's one thing i'm even more proud of than like grades for instance like this change in mindset and like the maturity at which i approach like these opportunities and whether you'll fail or not like i went into these interviews thinking i have some some value to add to this project that's amazing yeah yeah i do have value to add for it. i have evidence to do it yeah, yeah. so you, you need to like believe that you do um and if you don't get it someone else will want you or something you'll find something else where you're valued so 
for me it's just like there are lots of opportunities out there and it's just like you need to find the right one and if the one you thought was right wasn't at the time then so be it that's okay yeah it's okay the thing is you know like i really resonate with you know like for example the schooling background yeah um i had to move out of london for the few years before coming to university yeah um and similar situation my school had absolutely no idea what yeah i didn't even know what ucas was mm. all these oh, like yeah. university applications so i missed the deadline and i had to take a gap year oh wow yeah like it was it was bad yeah um and you know during during that time it you know there was there was like definitely like a lot of discouragement because i nearly failed my gcse's yeah and then i kind of you know pulled my socks up yeah but that's amazing like but, <laughs> and the thing is, you know, what's the, the, what I'm trying to get to here is, you know, even at the time, I nearly failed. I have a D in chemistry. Yes. I barely got a B in maths, physics, and biology, which were my three A-level subjects. Yeah. Um, and when I walked into the class in year 12, like for my, you know, first out of two years of sixth form, mm-hmm. it was in the same school. That she was like, "What? why are you here? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, she was like, why are you here? And I was like, I, I got a B. And she like didn't believe me and like looked at the paper and said, oh, but I just want to let, like, she's like, I want to let you know that if you don't, like, I can't have you in this class. Like, if you don't do well, yeah, um, I'm going to force you to drop, like, maths as an A-double. Mm. Um, but what was weird at the time is I just, that, that's like, I got my GCSE grades. I kind of just, you know, it wasn't great, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, it was like, got a few Bs, Cs, Ds, you know. Um, but at the time, I still had this belief. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to be someone. Like, yeah. I'm still going to go somewhere great. Um and, you know, a few years later, and I just, that just always stayed. And I think it that kind of reflected in my actions, even though I was told no. Yeah. And I was told like, you are not this person. I was like, no, I like, I truly believe I am. Do you yeah. think, was there an aspect there? Like, even if you didn't have that self-belief in the interviews, maybe there was still that thing in your head of like, I'm still gonna end up somewhere. Was, was, was yeah, there. I think for me, it was more just like, if someone else can do it, why can't I? Yeah. You know, that sure I have maybe, are some of the odds against me compared to some other people but I want to try and like I'd hate to look back you know 10 years along the line and think I'd never even gave it like a good shot at trying to do something I really wanted to pursue so yeah I think that's definitely one aspect and like the same thing for me I mean I never I never had people tell me like no in the sense you could do fast or anything which is horrible (laughs) but you know like I've I think even in like my university experience, people I think treat, and to some extent, I could say definitely people in my cohort would perceive me differently to other people because of my background, and that that's very demotivating at times because like there were I remember someone said to me when I, you know, we got our grades at the end of first year. And I'm not like the type of person who kind of goes around saying it to other people, you know, yeah. got my grade, got my grade. But obviously you talk to your friends, so, yeah. you know, tell my friends, some friends will tell some other people. And I had someone come up to me when I was just in like the study area being like, oh, so like I heard that you, you know, got this grade. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, can I see? And I was like, what? <laughs> what was it? Out of curiosity. What evidence do you need? Yeah. I was like, yeah. So then they were like, I just didn't think someone like you would actually get that grade. Wow. <laughs> okay. And I um, thought, on what basis have you judged this? Judged that. And that was, did someone actually just tell you, was it someone that was a friend or was it someone that was like a friend? So, someone, someone in my year yeah. said this to me and I just sat there and I was like, 
I was just stumped. I was like, like what on earth? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't want to think. Like, just, would you say that's that was because you weren't like openly like, yes, I know this and I can do this and yes. I found this exam easy and no, no, no. Like, I think there's that. Yeah. And also just like, um, I, I don't think, you know, a lot of people would look at me and probably not think I look that smart. At least I've been told that. I've had that. I, I get told that often. I mean, yeah. to be honest, look at like, well, yeah. So, Guys, I'm wearing like a blue hood. <laughs> you know, I kind of dress a bit like, yes. so I don't look like a scientist. Yeah. But I get, I totally relate to that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So it's that. And I also like recall another time when, um, so I had the scholarship from the Royal Academy of Engineering. Yeah. Put it on LinkedIn. It was my first LinkedIn post. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was so excited. That's a good first LinkedIn post. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I had uh, this, this, 40 year old man that I've never met in my life sent me a message basically being like, looked at your profile, don't think you deserve this. Sorry. Like, the academy is like very like positive towards gender discrimination, and you're just part of this like chain effect of, you know, trying to go towards EDI and all this stuff. <laughs> I was just like, what on earth is going on? Like my mouth is open. Oh, you're <laughs> wait. So, so he's basically saying, oh, because. There's this kind of like he said it's like a trend to you know to, see more like yeah, women in STEM. STEM. That that was the only reason he basically said along the lines of I looked at your profile and it didn't correlate to someone who deserved this award, and I was just yeah. I mean, this this is my point is like what was your response? I just didn't like. It. <laughs> I would have been like thanks, but I got it. <laughs> yeah. So but, um, yeah. you know these moments sort of like really shocked me, but it's just like. My point is that people are always going to have perceptions of you, you know, and people are going to make deductions about whether you deserve something or not. Yeah. Like, it's not for them to make that choice. And this is like going back to like the state school thing. It's not for your teacher to decide whether you can do maths or not. That's like up to you or whether you really want to pursue it. So, yeah, I think if you let yourself kind of crumble underneath all of this, pressure from what other people think about you other people will say just more generally about people from your background like you're just going to end up very unhappy so yeah. it's just like again the matter of blocking it out and finding like your true motivation for pursuing something and not attaching it to other people's perceptions of what you should do yeah so no, I, I love that is there a third there isn't a book. <laughs> <laughs> one in Chibnall that's right the reason I'm, I'm like I need to fish as much wisdom <laughs> out of this amazing woman that I found. Oh. Uh, but, you know, one thing I was thinking about, after you said this, because, you know, I I said I haven't cried in five years. Yes. I know when I'm going to cry next. When <laughs> I graduate. <laughs> Maybe after this podcast, but I know it might be after I graduate because, yeah. like, the reason that I find that's something that's, like, kind of emotionally overwhelming in a good way is because five, six years ago, that, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, and I'm coming out of here with a first class degree. What? What happened? What happened? Yeah, right? no, it's. it's um, I think happy crying is a great thing. Yeah, I've done some happy crying. <laughs> so, so, how did it feel when? So you got. Forgive me if it's not the correct name of the award, but the president's medal. Yes, I did. Yeah, something like that. That so, was super special. Like really. How did it feel? Special. You know, like what was. Because I think, you know, there was a bit of like a, it was kind of like dedicated, you were called out and you were presented with the medal, like yeah, graduate. Yeah. So it was like a, a nice moment, like capturing like the end of The parents were like, yeah, oh, yeah that's, they my, were that's, so... yeah, and that's, my, that's my kid. This, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's his parents do, do they? Yeah. But 
I just feel like it was such a nice culmination of like all of the effort she put in. And for me, it's because that award was like also for like academic, but also like outreach stuff that I had done. So it was a mix of stuff. And so it's it's very nice being recognized something that you never intended to be recognized for in the first place. Like, yeah. again, I like I say, I, I don't seek the best grade possible. I just seek to do as well as I can for myself and look for the knowledge and hope that something nice will come out of it. So yeah. yeah. The medal came out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, great. But, uh, Where's that medal in your home right now? Yeah, it's in my home. It was, it was, yeah. <laughs> Is it like in your room on a, on a frame? I, I don't know. Like, it's, uh, my parents have probably put it somewhere. <laughs> probably like in front of the house as soon as you Yeah, no, like, I, oh, yeah, but I went here for Christmas and my mom was like, bring it home. Like, we need it. <laughs> so I, I was like, okay, you can have it. Do as you wish with it. But um, yeah, I think it was very surreal. Was that kind of a moment of like, damn. Yeah, I remember like I, when I was on the stage and I just looked out and I was like, oh my God, like everyone is staring at me. <laughs> like everyone is focused on me and like what I've achieved. And that's really weird. Like yeah. to have everyone think about you and what you've like yeah. managed to do in terms of success at that moment. So yeah, I also just was like thinking about my 18 year old self at the time and just like wow. how wild would it yeah. have been like if someone told me this at that time. Four years later. Yeah, it's it was really nice. But yeah. She's thinking back for the moment now. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was it Imagine was, it's very surreal, especially. It was really special. Um, yeah. And I, I I love what you said when you sort of said, you know, it was a culmination of all the effort that's been put in over the last couple of years just come in that one very moment. And it's not it's not that that medal was defining yourself in that moment. No. It's not not defining who you are. It's just it offered like a, a point to reflect. Yeah, it's sense. a point. To, I love it that. Put a pointer. It's yeah. a yeah. point to reflect. Where you're just there, you you're getting the medal. Yeah. You looked out, and all these thoughts are just coming in, and yeah, you know, it's just a signpost. Yeah, I mean, like university is so fast paced, so sometimes you are almost doing things on automatic at times. Dude, yeah, talk about how it passed this question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, and then like summer came, and you just don't want to think about anything. So like. That was what all the emotions like came to her head at that point. Yeah. And I had the medal and it was just like, it really gave me a chance to just think about everything, like the journey, not just like academically, but personally, how you've changed in those four years. Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's like almost a bit like symbolic, that medal for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah cause it's, it's, it's a wrap up, but in a good way, right? It's yes. like, it's, it's a point of reflection. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah. Well, Kiara, I, we've loved sort of having this conversation with you, learning more about sort of your achievements, your, the way that you think and how you sort of got about the way, the things that you do and, you know, the achievements that you've, you've achieved. Um, yeah. do you, like, is there anything that you wanted to speak about that you, you haven't had a chance to? Um, it's a great question. I can't think of anything. You've really picked my brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're very, very good questions. Like really deep, like thought provoking questions. What's next for Kiara Gibbs? Because I, I don't know if this is a good thing. If I was in your shoes. I would have, you know, would have done the degree. That medal is obviously like something, mm -hmm. you know, just, just so viewers kind of, um, listeners slash viewers mm -hmm. kind of get like a grasp of what that is. We go to Imperial College London. It is one of the best universities in the world. To be able to, you know, I know Kiara is absolutely humble and says she doesn't feel like she's the best, which I think is absolutely inspiring because, you know, on paper, that's what's written, right? To be able to do that, it doesn't, I don't think it just takes studying every day oh, no. it takes <laughs> it takes more 
Um, so there's just a lot of, yeah, that I, I guess I'm like a little bit in awe of that as well. Thank you. Or in that moment, do you not, like, even after all of that happened, do you not feel like the job's done? No. <laughs> so that's bridging onto the question, what's next? I think what's next for Kiara? Like, I've taken time to just step back a little bit to, like, reevaluate what where I want to go next. Yeah, just chilling and, you know, doing a PhD about, like, yeah, neural yeah. interface, <laughs> you know, no. No, but as in, you know, I feel like towards the end of my degree, I was balancing, like juggling, balancing, I was not balancing, <laughs> juggling a lot of stuff. And it just felt very busy and, and like cluttered at points. So for, for me, I've just tried to like ease up my life a little bit from yeah. a lot of commitments and just think about what I actually want to achieve in the next few years. So that's really what I've been thinking about for the past few months. And yeah. Do you have an answer for that? Or are you kind of like, uh, do you know what? the goals are still kind of being set. I think for now, like first time in my life, I feel like it's kind of rolling. Yeah. You know, I think up to this point, I've been very specific. Like I want to get to university, I want to do a PhD. I want to like aim for this or yeah. that. But for now I'm just like, yeah, let's just see what comes. But I think that's also because the whole principle of research is that, you know, yeah. like, you can't go into research being like, I'm achieving this because the like, this is your heart. So yeah. I'm trying to like reframe my mindset a little bit so that I don't end up unhappy in research. Yeah. Um, yeah, just taking it how it goes right now. Uh, this is a, this is a, this whole episode is a cookie. <laughs> that's, that's a way to put it. Uh, what an amazing first episode, first guest episode of What's in the World. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Kiara. Thank you so much. <laughs>